Hey, I'm Josh. And this is Kevin. And on this episode of the Filmmaker's Guide to the Industry podcast, we have Julie Walker. She is the SVP of West Coast Operations. Yes, I got that all and not the first try um, for Greenslate, which is a payroll company for the entertainment industry. What you hear here is it's not a sexy topic, but it's a critical component to being a filmmaker talking payroll um, workers workers comp comp, and just understanding how accounting can legitimately make or break your film which is seems like an obvious concept but it's overlooked all too often well i i mean on that note i definitely want to just um get a brief introduction as to who you are and and how you got started in the industry at greenslate Oh, sure. Well, um, if I go way back, I was an acting major at NYU, and I figured out before I even graduated that I had no business being an acting major. Like, it really wasn't what I wanted to do, and I probably wasn't that good at it either. (laughs) But I did know I wanted to work in production in some way. And actually, I started producing commercials and in Phoenix, Arizona, of all places. I I got a job at a small production. commercial production house and my boss said okay i'm i will make you a producer but you have to do my bookkeeping and i was like oh all right (laughs) like how hard could that be so i I figured out bookkeeping i did all the payroll by hand and i thought all of that experience was going to be irrelevant except that now when i look back you know it set me up for what ended up being my niche in this business and i had a wonderful mentor who anytime we were between commercials he would just sit in my office and tell me everything he knew about the business so i really felt like that was my film school you know, on the job. So then a couple years after that, I moved to Los Angeles with uh, another commercial production house. And then within a year, I started working at the Walt Disney Company. And I got a job as an an auditor, which was kind of an odd stretch. So I audited policies and procedures on film and television shows. Normally, that's a job for CPAs. So they would get CPAs right out of school who would then go into that... um, that auditing group, and then they would kind of teach them production. But I talked my way into that job saying, well, I know production, and I also know accounting, so you should give me this job. So (laughs) they did. (laughs) So I did that job for about three years, which really gave me such a good overview for the business and how it works and how the finances and accounting of it all work. So after that, I was able to translate into um, a production finance executive role at HBO, which was great. So I was overseeing film and television shows um, at HBO for about seven years from the accounting and finance side, you know, hiring the accountants, doing the policies and procedures, doing all the cost reporting, things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, After that, I did a brief moment at the Weinstein Company, and everything you've heard is true. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) From there, uh, then I moved into... um, payroll. And I took a job at Entertainment Partners. I was there for about 10 years as a VP of sales. Um, and then I actually took a couple of years off and I started producing podcasts, talking to women who worked in entertainment, because that was a huge uh, interest of mine. And it happened to then coincide with me too. And all of, you know, all the conversation right. that's happening in Hollywood right now about women and inclusion and diversity and all of that was great. And then about... 10, 11 months ago, um, I decided to come back in and I, and I took a job with Greenslate as the senior vice president of West Coast Operations. Greenslate is a uh, uh, entertainment payroll company offering accounting solutions with really unique um, 
unique software, which I think is very disruptive and really going to change how everybody does business right. in the long term. When, when you say disruptive, um, and you know, can you give us a little more insight there? Yeah. Uh, Greenplay's mission really is to digitize the production process from end to end. So we're really looking at digital start forms, digital time cards, digital purchase orders, digital accounting, digital residuals, like the whole process end to end, being digital, being green, being the way that it really should be. And for some reason, the entertainment industry is 100 years behind everybody else in technology, right? right. Um, but Greenslate really has developed their software in such a way that it's all in one platform, which is unique from any other payroll company, and it can be digital end-to-end, which is also unique with all the payroll companies. So now it's a matter of the technology is here, the software is here, and now it's a cultural shift to get everybody to buy in and do it that way. Right. Working on. Yeah, I mean, it d- definitely works good. I mean, just a little bit of background with me. I've worked with Green Slate three times now. Um, two of the projects. Oh, well, all three of them, I was the UPM. Um, two of them were films with Lionsgate, Bernie the Dolphin, and then one mm-hmm. and two. And then the second one was one of Kevin Smith's latest films, Kilroy Was Here, which it hasn't been released yet. <laughs> but we did. We did Green Slate for all those platforms, and that was probably about, that was in 2018, first part of 2019, and I mean, it, it worked perfectly, and you know, the kind of digital aspect to it, and taking all that paperwork out was definitely something we were looking for, and when we had conversations, you know, about where we were going to go payroll rise, that was a definite target for us as far as, you know, something we were looking to do was to be able to offload and do all that digitally. So on, on, top, of, on top of that, I actually remember hearing a few of the uh, crew members on those jobs being like, uh, I have to log into this thing and I have to fill it out. Uh, they, like, they were like, they were expecting almost like a PDF that they can then print out on their desk at home. Well, so <laughs> I will say this, so many people have become lazy yeah. and complacent with, you know, business as usual. And, you know, let's talk about how, People are very resistant to change, yeah. you know, yeah. but sometimes I, I, change is a good thing. It's it's definitely not bad. I remember when I, you know, got the email, click here and fill it all out. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> I'm, I mean, so so <laughs> my, my company is 100% green and we don't have a printer on site. Like it's a, we do everything digital. I mean, it's to me, it's like, amazing. Why not? Like, I don't. It baffles me. My dad at one point, um, he was in town a few weeks ago and he he's like, Hey, um, we're out running errands. He's like, Oh, isn't your studio right around the corner? I was like, Yeah, it's literally like a block that way. He's like, Hey, can we stop by there and print something real quick? And I was like, We don't have a printer. He's like, What do you mean? Like, no, I just need to print like one piece of paper. And I'm like, Yeah, and I don't have a printer. He's like, What? Like he could not process the fact that there that was I, no printer. There was <laughs> legitimately no printer on site. Not that I was not. A, I had to tell him I was like, Dad, I, if I had a printer, one hundred percent you could use it. <laughs> but I don't have a printer, so it's not me being oh, mean. It's yeah. me. It's it, there's a logistical air gap here. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's so funny. You know, how did you get? How did you get your crew on board? Tell me that. Say, say that again. How did you get your crew on board? With the digital. Oh, they don't have a choice. <laughs> it's it's a really simple concept. That they works. don't they don't have a choice. Yeah. So um I I tell all of them, um, you know, for the freelancers and um for the freelancers and part timers, is um so the part timers there's um we have a little Excel sheet like in, um that's segmented for each person and they just have to 
bring up Google Drive on the app on their phone and then just plug in any info I ask from them. And then the freelancers have to email me and I make it very clear it is an email, uh, an invoice and, you know, a W-9 at the start of the year. I said, I will not take paper. You give me a piece of paper, I'm still going to tell you, email it to me. So, and one guy last year, like, brought a piece of paper, a, w, a paper W-9, and I was like, email it to me. He's like, oh, you can just scan it. I go, I don't have a printer nope. or scanner. Let me just stop you right there, and I'm email it to me. Not complicated. I can put it in a folder that my accountant has full access to, and they get everything digital, too. So, you know, the only paper I get is from whatever comes in the mail, like, we don't add I any. We, we don't add anything else, and so yeah, my my crew just doesn't have a choice. We're digital for everything. Um, on site, it's you know, it's a, a laptop or an iPad for scripts, and that's it. So I don't know. That, you I, are the future. I, I guess it's just my generation. I get it, but at the same time, like yeah, part I, I I kind of walk that line where I could very well be paper generationally, or I could be fully digital, and I just embracing the digital. But that's also I guess because I'm, um, you know, I'm a tech guy. So I mean, I'm in this industry for a reason. Yeah, well, I'm going to say you're very forward thinking, and that's the way the world is going. And let's be ahead of the curve. And then when you know craziness happens in the world, it's so much easier to work remote, work wherever you are, approve stuff on your phone. It's yep. the way we should all be working. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. Um, <clears throat> what goes into you know running, even though everything's digital, like there's still going to be people behind that. So you know, if we remove even though we're removing the kind of paper from the process, how many people does it take to have an operation like Green Slate run? And let's just say my, you know, two to $3 million film, how many people, you know, are interacting and involved in getting a project, you know, not even that I may directly interact with as a producer, but just how many people, you know, on the green slate side of things, does it really kind of take to, you know, build and get projects through and, you know, the whole, how does that kind of whole process work? Yeah. Well, it, you know, it takes a small army and we're, we're pretty lean, but it does take, it is a lot of moving parts. Cause when you have, you know, developers developing the software and keeping up with it and making changes and making enhancements. So there's a whole kind of developing team that's always working, making it better and better and better. But also we have all the infrastructure, like as an independent filmmaker, you may not have all of the infrastructure that like a studio would have, right? You may not have labor relations. You may not have, you know, your legal counsel. You may not have tax experts. You may not have all these pieces, but as a payroll company, we have all those pieces. So, you know, we have the labor relations you consult with about your labor. We also have paymasters running your payroll. We have sales and marketing people getting the brand out there and bringing in the business. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it does take a small army uh, to service these shows. And it's not, you know, and we're serving lots of shows at the same time. So right. we're able to scale up and down, you know, depending on what's going on. But, it, you know, it's a whole team of support. It's really like your back office. For, for those who... Um, have never dealt with not only Greenslate but just a payroll company in general. Uh, what do what should they know? What sh what questions should be uh, asked? Um, you know, what what advice can you give them? Like, hey, you're gonna you're about to start a project and you need payroll. This is where I advise yeah. you to start. 
That is an excellent question. Um, Because one of the things people may or may not think about as they're launching into like an independent production is it's more than you're making a movie. You're also now a small business and you're an employer and it comes with a lot of responsibilities and also a lot of liabilities. You need to do the right thing for all your people and protect yourself as much as possible. And that's where partnering with a payroll company helps you on all of those fronts. Because on the one hand, when you're hiring a payroll company, you're really going into a partnership so that we're co-employers. Like, uh, depending on which payroll model you're using, the, the payroll company can become the statutory employer who's doing all of your tax deductions and reporting and all of those pieces, you know, managing the unemployment claims so that you can just make your movie and do your creative thing, but know that all that back office stuff is taken care of. Here's something that everyone needs to be very aware of, and this will probably lead into other discussion with the new law and everything. When you're employing people on a production, they really are mostly all employees. Like it's really, I know when budgets are low, people tend to hire a bunch of people and think they can just 1099 them or pay them in cash and whatever. That actually is opening you up to so much liability that if you're caught, it's going to be so expensive on the other side. Because really there's so many years of precedent of of people in production being classified as employees. And even before this new, I think it's AB5 law came down, making it very simple to classify people as independent contractors or employees. California especially has had a law in place for years that there's a $10,000 fine anytime you classify someone the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So that's been in place for a long time. And if it ever were to go to court, you would never win employing people as independent contractors. And another thing is very important that if, is the workers' comp um, insurance. So if someone gets injured, you need to have workers' comp insurance to cover them, to care for them if they're injured or so that they're taken care of. Um, and if someone's an independent contractor, you you probably don't have workers' comp uh, coverage. Yeah, I mean, And that comes with your payroll company. Right, and that's something that we kind of, <clears throat> you know, especially in Florida, because, you know, unlike California and New York, you know, we don't necessarily have a lot of the same laws in place. Um, but when it comes to that whole workers' comp uh, situation, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm a worker, you know, and I am a genuine contractor, I should be carrying my own insurance by law, or at least that's how it's supposed to work. Sure. And therefore, like, if a contractor is injured on a set, you know, and we may be getting into law in some other areas here. So, you know, we can always, we can always steer off if I'm kind of leading us off into the woods, but. We are not attorneys. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah. And so if, you know, technically if I'm then injured, I mean, workers comp is not going to want to cover me because I should be covered under my own insurance as a contractor, not workers comp. Correct. That's kind of where that whole area comes from. Yeah. And the other thing is, if you you as a contractor go and file unemployment, you're not going to get that either. Hmm. Although every production should, in addition to whatever they're getting through their payroll company, they should have a contingent workers' comp policy for any volunteers or interns or anyone who comes on your set and gets injured who isn't covered by payroll. Right. You should be covered in both ways. And is that is that usually included? So that's a contingent, so that needs to be added on <laughs> to... separate from the workers' comp that you're getting for your employees. Yeah, you should get that with your production liability policy. Gotcha. All right, great. Um, So when it kind of comes to, you know, kind of unpacking that whole 
AB5 and, you know, payroll and everything. How do you guys kind of seeing that continue from here? Um, you know, there's always so much gray area with that. And that's always such a big, you know, cause you say you can get fined, but you know, another thing too, is that me as, you know, if I'm wrongfully classified, I can also file that with the IRS as well and claim yeah. wrongful classification as well. So there's really, you know, I want to spend some time on it cause I feel like it's a really important issue. And there's a reason, you know, a lot of this law is being changed because like you said earlier, you know, not only are we kind of behind on some of the technology, but I feel like us as an industry and the film industry in general have really kind of, you know, OSHA regulations, you know, IRS, we've kind of gotten away with a lot for a long time. It's still the Wild West in so many ways, right? right. So even around HR issues, it's still the Wild West. And part of that is because productions go up and down so quickly. You know, if you have a four-week shoot, you could be up and down and dissolve the company yep. before anybody catches up with you. I mean, it's a risky move. People do it, but uh, but it is risky. Right. So I think another thing, too, fringes, um, you know, for someone that – well, let's say they've done some small stuff and they're finally, they're finally getting, you know, like a two to $3 million movie going, um, explain fringes and how does Greenlit yeah. handle the fringes for me? Do you work on my behalf for fringes? Um, exploring the, you know, kind of explain the importance of fringes and, you know, how nice it is to have someone handle those for me, especially if I'm a first time <laughs> filmmaker. Yes. Um, yes, we definitely want someone handling that for you. There are a bunch of different kinds of fringes when we talk about fringes. There's um, one piece of that is taxes. Like when you have a paycheck, you notice that you have deductions for FICA, FUI, SUI, Social Security, Medicare, all these things that are taxes withheld from your paycheck. Um, what not everybody knows is that there's also an employer portion of those same taxes that the company pays. So if you may have a, say, a state unemployment deduction on your paycheck, your company is also paying a portion of state unemployment to the government. So there's two sides to each of these taxes. So the payroll company is calculating and remitting the employer side of those taxes. Another one of the fringes is your workers' comp coverage, and that goes on as a percentage on top of the payroll that is in on your invoice as well. Uh, and then two more pieces. One is if you're union, um, the payroll company will uh, calculate all the union benefits, make those contributions. And then the final thing would be the handling fee that the payroll company will charge for doing all these calculations and remittances for you. So when you're budgeting on each person that you're employing, you also need to budget the employer portion of all of those fringes. And depending where you are and what you're doing, it could be anywhere from 19 to 22% for non-union, and then if you need to add union contributions on top of that, it depends on which unions um, that you're with, but that could be adding a lot more percentage on as well. So you really need to keep all of that in mind when you're budgeting. And then I'm guessing, you know, well, I know, but for anyone out there, basically, if they contact you guys, your guys are going to su supply them a rate sheet. They're going to know all that up front. Mm -hmm. They can go ahead and get it calculated early. And that kind of leads me into my next thing is how – at what point in my process as a producer should I be contacting payroll and start getting you integrated 
to know things like getting a rate sheet from you, making sure that's in the budget. You know, how early is too early? Should I have you involved from the pitch deck phase and, you know, show my investors that I'm, you know, going to have a payroll company on? What time is a good point for me to kind of approach you guys? I would say as early as possible, but as soon as it's actually real. You know what I mean? I mean, if you were at the budgeting phase, for sure, contact us, get a rate sheet so that you can budget properly. And then as you're budgeting, you're going to want to do a cash flow and you're going to need to account for all the things you're going to need to account for in your cash flow. If you need to put down a union deposit or a SAG bond or anything like that, you're going to want to build that into your cash flow. So you want all the information at your budgeting uh, stage. And then once you get to a point where you have funding, you have a green light, it's real, you're going forward, you want to be with your payroll company as soon as possible for a couple of reasons. One, you want to be able to be set up to pay for and cover with workers' comp anyone who's prepping. Um, and then you also want to be able to set up your accounting system because that comes with the payroll and you're going to want to be able to account for all of your costs and to be able to cut checks and have all that set up. You want to have a little bit of lead time when you're doing that. So I would say as soon as you're even thinking about opening an office, you have your green light, you have your money, you've opened your bank account, call your payroll company. On the flip side, when is when is dangerously too late or too late to be contacting payroll? <clears throat> well, it's tough. Um, I'm going to say the, the biggest red flag would be um, excuse me, um, would be once people start working. Because the last thing you want to do is have someone come to work, trip over a cable, be injured. You don't have payroll in place yet, so you don't have any workers' comp coverage in place yet. And then you've you've caused a whole host of problems you didn't need to have. So really, as soon as you have anybody working, you should have stuff in place so that everybody's protected. Yeah, I mean, with the the thing about payroll is – it tends to be overlooked or people just look at it and go, oh, that's easy. I can get it done next week or I can get it done two weeks or I'll get it done soon. And then they just forget about it. Um, right. But because workers comp is integrated into not only, you know, the process, but, you know, it's it's people's livelihood. Yeah. I mean, I think we we continually come back to the issue of contractors versus, you know, who's considered payroll. And I think a lot of that how it's been handled in the past has directly influenced that mentality of I don't need payroll. Um, so yeah, I'll just write personal checks at the end of every for other Friday that I just made up in my head because I feel like that's a good time to do it. Um, with all that said, like what are you finding is the biggest gap in education, um, with filmmakers, production companies, you know, anything like anything of the sort. Um, a lot of it is that exactly what you're talking about is how you're going to pay people and what your obligations are. And really, and there's so many labor laws that, that if you're just starting to make a movie, you're probably not aware of. And even if you pay someone late, you know, they can file a claim and, and get you in a lot of trouble that way. Um, <clears throat> and something I find that people overlook a lot is saving money by not thinking they need a production accountant. Mm-hmm. When, when really <laughs> having someone, cause you're spending a lot of money, even if you're only, even if you're doing a short and you're spending $10,000, 
but it's still $10,000. It needs to be managed and managed well and cost reported again so that you can make good decisions so that you can have the most quality on the screen as possible. And people often think they can save money in that area, not realizing it's going to cost them more money down the line and later when yeah. they really don't want to be spending that money. Our, our industry is very niche for a reason. So, I mean, our, our accountant understands, you know, our costs as a production company. Um, but there's no way mm-hmm. every accountant does that's they, they would look at our numbers and go, what do you mean? You bought a camera question mark? Like, you know, it's, it's something so trivial. I mean, we, some people just take it for granted, but, um, you know, having, having yeah, a good account. It's such a specialty. Yeah. Um, and, and so valuable. So, one thing that I kind of ran in, you know, one thing I ran into last year a lot with some of the crew, you know, is a lot of them have created loan outs. You know, that that was a big thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Have your own company, create a loan out. But there was a there was a big education piece there kind of missing when people were saying like, oh, just create your company and put everything under your company. And then I feel like as the, you know, the RS kind of like we said earlier and as things kind of caught up to the industry, you know, we started noticing a shift to where it wasn't just good enough to have a company anymore. You know, pay at least for, I ran into as, you know, a line producer and production manager, it was like, these companies needed to be S and C Corp. They needed to be registered a certain way. So can you kind of explain to people that might have loan outs and haven't registered it properly, why that's important and why do the payroll companies require it to be that way? And they just can't pay a, single member or partnership LLC as a loan out? Sure. And I I would like to preface by saying this, I am not a tax professional, (laughs) but I'll tell you what I know. Yeah, sure. uh, Which is those, those LLC, uh, you know, and single member companies, they're, they're taxed as disregarded entities. So they're really taxed as individuals. Uh, So it doesn't, as an employer, if you pay someone as a company and they decide not to pay their taxes, as an employer, you're actually on the hook for the taxes they didn't pay, their portion and your portion. So that's liability you don't want to have. So that's why the S-Corps and C-Corps um, are taxed by corporations. So everyone is more protected that way from a tax perspective. And LLCs can do that as well, but they have to, there's a form called the 8832, mm-hmm. which uh, has the, is a designation from the IRS to be taxed as a corporation rather than an individual. Right. So as long as they do that form, they can usually be paid by a payroll company, but it's all about tax liability. Gotcha. And as if, you know, kind of, you know, continuing down just that, that checklist of, okay, so I know how to do it with my loan outs now. What's important if I'm going to, you know, what should I be looking out for and what do I need to account for if I'm going to have minors that I am employing? Oh, so many things. I'm especially <laughs> minors in California and New York, either working there or from there, because if they're from there, then the, the laws of those states follow them wherever they go. Um, one is that you need to have proper work permits for them, and depending on, on where they are, you may also need to have studio teachers. There are limits on how many hours they can work. You know, there are a lot of guidelines around that. Right. Um, and you can get all those guidelines from SAG and from local labor laws. But also, uh, they need to have what's called a Coogan account set up, and that's a trust fund. 
really to protect their wages from their thieving parents. <laughs> and they, uh, <laughs> for good reason. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just it, it, it always happens because reason. someone else has done it. So <laughs> talk to Gary Coleman, see how that went for him. <laughs> yep. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All those kids. Um, and so 20% of any of their wages have to be put into a trust fund and it's called a Coogan account. And, and for parents, you really can just go to the bank and say, I need to set up a Coogan account for my child and, and get it all sorted out that way. Send it to the payroll company and then they'll make those calculations and contributions the way they need to be made. Um, so, you know, the, the big thing in our industry right now is incentives, right? And so sure. as a, as a producer, uh, how can green slate help me with incentives? Cause I mean, definitely, especially if you haven't done it or dealt with it before and you're looking at, you know, I'm going to have my project, I'm going to get some incentive. It can be a daunting task. And if, especially if you've never dealt with it. So are you guys able to help us with incentives and what's kind of involved in that process? And what do we need? Is there anything we need to be aware of, um, early on when we're starting to engage in that whole area? Oh, for sure. And you should be having the incentives conversation, you know, as you're budgeting and deciding where to go to see what you might qualify for, what types of costs will qualify and how it's all going to work. And even in some states, how you need to be set up as a company in order to take advantage of those incentives. So we offer all of that consulting. You can just call us and we can talk about, you know, where do you want to go and what are the rules and how do you need to be set up and and all of that. And then also how the incentive works. Do you got to check back? Do you need to sell it at the end? You know, do you have to put it against your taxes? Do you have any tax liability? There's so many moving parts. And mm. then the other piece of it is even if someone has a great incentive that almost believes too good to be true, is everybody already there? So you can't even get a crew if you go. And then you have to bring in crew, which then doesn't qualify. You know, there's so many things to consider as you're doing it. So the consulting is one piece. Uh, we also at Greenslate have an in-house accounting department so that can do the accounting on your non-union film and can do your post accounting on any kind of film or television show. And part of that service is we can manage your tax incentive. So we can look at the accounting, make sure things are tagged properly, manage your applications, and really manage that whole nice. process from beginning to end to make sure your application goes in get your money back. Um, and another thing that's very unique to our software is um, the incentive module in the accounting software. It has a couple of pieces that are very impressive. One is you can pull up all your costs, see what you have tagged, you know, as you, and tell me if I'm getting too jargony, but as you put in a cost and you account for it, you can tag it as this is qualified spend or this is non-qualified spend. So then you can pull up a report and you can see how you tagged every single thing that you purchased or rented or paid for to see how it's been tagged in your system. It can also show you at a glance what you forgot to tag or what you tagged incorrectly. And then on one screen, you can really quick go in and fix all of that tagging so that all you know that all your reporting is right. Once it's right, by a click of a button, New York is the one that's um, a very complicated uh, application. And we have it all set up where with a push of a button, it will fill in your New York incentive application nice. and you're done. Nice. It's, when people see that, they tend to cheer because we know that's <laughs> a very expensive uh, application to get if you're going to hire the guy in New York to do that application for you. You know, that could be $20,000, but our software just does it. Wow. And that's, in, that's included once they move forward with you as, you know, your, the payroll company. Yeah, it's just in the accounting system. 
that's impressive. Uh, d- does all yeah. this does all this transfer over to commercials as well? Uh, yeah, we have several commercial clients. Okay, you know they do um, they do accounting a bit differently, but our system can accommodate that. And you know, payroll is payroll is payroll. We have the AICP contracts programmed into our system for payroll to be calculated and paid properly. And then, you know, the accounting system can handle it as well. And do you just uh, deal with pay ter- um, you know, payroll on a short-term basis, or do you, or is a production company also able to work with GreenSlate to be the annual payroll company of record? Oh, for sure. We work with a lot of companies that have multiple productions, and we also run their corporate payroll. And the way our accounting system has been developed, it can also be your corporate accounting system for your company. Nice. So people will get a system to run their company. You can get a different... I don't know. I'm hesitant to say different licenses because it is all in the same thing. You can run each of your shows separately within the accounting system, give different permissions and controls to different people. So if someone's only working on one show, they can only see that one show. But you and your company are able to report across all of your productions, across your whole company. You can do reporting across all of your productions in your company. You can do analysis. You can do your taxes. You can do your 1099s across all of your companies. Um, yeah, you can you can run your company on the software. I mean, we cracked a few jokes to start saying that you know the digital aspect of it is is kind of scary for, for some people, but in in this regard, it, it shouldn't be. If anything, it saves people time, which time yeah. is money. Um, for sure. You know, there there's you know in case anybody hasn't heard the news, there's a little little something going around um, in the world right now. Has GreenSlate been able to? Um, you know, for help the the productions that are that are in fact still going on. Um, or are you guys seeing any sort of issues with with um, your software? Um, you know, it's all digital, so you, in theory you shouldn't. Yeah, um, what's actually been great is a lot of clients have reached out and said, "What's your business continuity plan? What are you going to do?" And we're half of us are working at home already because we're able to work remotely because all of our systems are um, in the cloud and online, and and we all have the capability and. We're, we've been forward thinking enough that, um, and we're spread out all over the country. We've been working remotely for a long time. So for us to say, okay, now everybody works remote for the next couple of weeks, there's zero glitch in our business continuity. We're just full steam ahead, 100% capacity. Nice. Um, it's a little, it's a little off of the the green slate train, the the green slate train. But um, you kind of mentioned something earlier about auditing, and that's <clears throat> a really interesting topic to me because I don't know a lot about it myself. Um, so I would really like to see if you could kind of explain the process of having a film or having stuff audited, what's involved in that, and, you know, why is auditing even a part of the process? Oh, gosh. Well, there are so many different kinds, so it really depends. If you are with a studio or producing for a network, they may have the right to audit your production, probably for cost. So they may go through all of your books and say, wait a minute, like you bought a tractor and this is a space movie. What are you doing? Right. And, and that um, could happen even, <laughs> let's, let's say, if I made an independent film and I'm going to be released by a distributor, they buy my project, they may want to audit my books, correct? Yeah. Oh, for sure. They want to make sure that what they're spending is what you actually spent to make the film. Right. You know, so they... If they have that right to look at your books, they may go ahead and do that. Um, Also, if your union, excuse me, you should expect that every union uh, project will get audited as well. And they're going to want to look at all your payroll records 
to know uh, was everybody in every position that's covered by a collective bargaining agreement, were they a member of the union and were their benefits calculated and remitted properly? <clears throat> so they will they will audit all of that. And, you're, and Greenslate would help you with that because we'll help with the payroll records and help look it over. And inevitably, the unions come back with, oh, you missed these 10 things and now you owe this, that and the other. And very often, Greenslate can look at it and say, no, actually, here's what you're looking for. And then argue, um, you know, the fees and penalties and see if we can't help with all of that. So that's just a matter, of course, all the unions audit everything. Um, and then another potential audit is when you go to get your tax incentive and you've put in your application, there's often an audit requirement as well where the CPA will go through, audit your books to make sure that you've tagged everything properly and things actually were, you know, in-state spend or in-city spend or however they need to qualify. We'll make sure that all the costs are legitimate and qualified correctly and calculated correctly. So that's another type of audit you may have to go through. Nice. I mean... Let's be honest here. I mean, people probably think payroll is really simple, but everything that we've just talked about over the course of the last, you know, 30, 40 minutes makes it sound incredibly daunting. And people should probably think of it that way. I mean, it, it is a daunting task to make sure that it's done properly. Um, when when talking well, to... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, please. Please. Uh, what? Oh, I, I was going to say, here, here's the thing about payroll, because we're in a creative industry, right, where people are making their creative thing, and payroll is the absolute last thing anybody wants to talk about or learn or get terribly deep into. From a producer's perspective, you want your payroll to be invisible because it's working perfectly, right? You want your people to get their money, be happy about it, and not have a lot of hassle about how you get there. And so our job is to make that as painless and invisible to you as possible. Like we need to look like ducks on top of the water where everything happening is underneath that you're not even aware of because we want to make that seamless to you. So it does create this paradox that people think, oh, there's nothing to it because I just get my paycheck and it's so easy. What? Not realizing it's easy because there are a bunch of experts doing a bunch of really complicated things right. so, on your behalf. So what can... This, this will ultimately be a two-part question, but part one is um, how can filmmakers be better prepared for payroll? Just just big picture. How can they be better prepared for payroll? Um, one is to make sure you are budgeted properly, make sure you are cash flow properly, and then uh, make sure that everybody does their start form when they walk on set and does their time cards in a timely manner. And that all of that is as clean as possible. The better data you can give a payroll company, the cleaner your payroll is going to be. So it's not enough to just put work on everybody's time card and send it over. It's really good to say, yeah, they came in at seven, they took the lunch at noon, they left at five and all the things that really happened during the day so that that payroll can be calculated correctly the first time. And without a lot of back and forth. Part two to my question is, of course, you want everybody to choose Green Slate. Definitely understand where uh, where um, that would come from. But when filmmakers are talking to various payroll companies, any question, any specific questions they should ask to be able to vet the um, not so good payroll companies? Anything that they should look uh, for that they should that should be almost be like a red flag. 
That is a good question. I mean, really, I hmm, I think you got to ask around. I mean, you know, there, there are several payroll companies that everybody knows. If you've never heard of a payroll company before, like, and you don't know anybody there or anybody who has used it, that might be a good indication. Because um, at the end of the day, I mean, let's be honest, payroll is a commodity. Um, so differentiators really come down to software and people. You want to work with people that you trust and you want to work with the best software. And so that's, those are really the things you're going to need to look for. I mean, payroll is payroll is payroll. You want to be sure that the payroll is competent and accurate and all of that. Um, but I think it really comes down to software and people. And how except let's say I'm running payroll and, you know, I have accountant and I have my liaison with Greenslate and everything. Are my crew able to contact Greenslate if they have questions themselves or have their own concerns or is Greenslate solely working for the producer? Well, here's, here's the differentiator about Greenslate. Um, <laughs> part of our software is an employee portal. So the employees go in, you know, to do their start cards mm-hmm. and their time cards. But even after they've left your production, they can still log into the system to look at their earnings and to change their direct deposit address and, and deal with all of their personal information and their pay history. So they have their own individual relationship with Greenslate, regardless of what, of what production you're doing. Right. And so in that regard, yeah, they call support. If they have a question about how to fill out a time card or how to change their direct deposit, they'll call support. So they have... We have very direct relationships with all the crew people because, you know, they're in our system. Yeah, I I started asking um, for the the, uh, jobs that I freelance, I started asking who was handling payroll just so I would start knowing because if you're in this industry at some point, at least once, if not 20 times, you've walked away from set going, I I wonder if I'm going to get paid on time. And we, it's happened to all of us. <laughs> yeah. uh, it sucks, but it. Ha- I mean, Josh is over here nodding on my side, uh, and mm. I started wanting to know, like, you know, who should I potentially be contacting if I if this producer ghosts me, and but yet I know I put in a time card, and I, you know, the money has to be somewhere. So, um, you know, for for filmmakers out there, just have all the information on your side, and obviously, if the payroll company is. Green Slate, you should have the app and you should be able to clearly see what you're going to get paid. Um, just be, be informed and, and don't assume anything because that's typically when you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. And and I would say typically if a, if a production is going south and people aren't getting paid, I would actually be looking to the financiers rather than the payroll company. Because for the most part, the payroll company is going to get the time cards and get paid and send out the payroll, you know, unless they're a super dicey payroll company. Um, but, you know, when it goes south like that, often it's the financiers. Right. I mean, because a, a deposit has yeah. to be made initially to the payroll company anyways, and that deposit is calculated. I mean, you guys are running the numbers and looking at how much needs to be deposited, you know, at least to cover everything. And so, you know, I've never had that happen, but I, I've definitely heard of it. Um, yeah, I, I, no, it's terrible when it happens. Yeah, it's just I, terrible. I haven't as well. Um, unfortunately heard about a production, um, it happening and I knew two people on set, um, or three or that besides the point, but 
six months ago. Um, some people walked away with only partial pay um, after everything said and done. They didn't. And the thing is, they didn't. They even admitted, like, we thought it was fine. We got our first paycheck. We got the second paycheck like a day late, which was odd, but we still got it. And then sure enough, the third paycheck just never, never came. So um, they said, yeah, that- I mean, and that's another argument. It's another argument to have a really competent accountant and someone who's going to raise the red flag of, hey, I didn't get funding this week. You know, what's going on? Right. Well, I mean, in closing, I would say this was awesome. Um, and mm-hmm. where could, where's the best place for people to kind of go for it if they want to contact Greenslate or get more education on the topic or maybe, you know, be able to find a place to, you know, get in contact with someone and ask some questions. Yeah. Uh, well, our website is gslate.com. That's G-S-L-A-T-E.com. Um, and you can reach us through the website. And, you know, people can call me as well. And um, can I give my phone number? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I know, it's dicey. <laughs> I mean, uh, an office phone, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, my office phone. I'm doing it myself. Yeah, we have your, <laughs> we have your cell phone, but we will not be posting that anywhere. Yeah. Thank you. Don't dox me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, my okay, my office phone is three one zero seven eight nine. 2001 extension 323. I, I'm, I mean, you talked about it earlier, not only the, the technology and the app base, but the pers- the you know being personable and having direct contacts. That's two of the things you should look at for payroll companies. I'm very yeah. curious to see how many other people would just openly pass over um, the VP's office line. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That too, I that, am here for you people. I'm just reading the situation as it is. That to me is um, a pretty awesome thing and kind of shows how Green Slate wants to operate and how you guys currently are operating. So, um, you know, you're, yeah, it's, you're... It's personal and it's boutique. So we're here for you. Oh, I, Julie, thank you so much. Um, this was very insightful and it's, it's a topic that people need to know more about and realize that this is part of production. I mean, it really is. Being a filmmaker isn't just, you know, pressing record and and talking to your actors. You have to be able to protect the crew with workers comp and pay everybody. Yeah. Protect yourself too. Um, and get paid appropriately. And it it does in the end make your life easier because you get audited. If you don't, uh, have everything, everything situated, you're screwed. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, it will catch up with you. No, I'm so grateful that we got to have this conversation because I do think it's so important. And I, I, I'm so grateful that you guys gave it the time because it's not, a, you know, it's not the, the sexiest topic in this business, but it is right. so important. So thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. I mean, this is the stuff that I think has to be talked about more, right? I mean, if we want, For sure. if we want our business, our industry to move forward, uh, we have to not be afraid to talk about stuff like this, you know, insurance, payroll, you know, w- CPAs, entertainment law, those have to be topics that we all want to have. And so I think, you know, for a long time, our industry has concentrated on the art of it, which needs to be done. We have to, we have to keep that at the top for sure, but we have to remember it's called the movie business. So 
it needs to be treated as it's such. It's business. It's show business. Yep, business. Exactly. So, well, thanks again, Julie. We really appreciate you. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks. It's great to meet you guys. Okay. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Kevin, it's the end of the podcast. Josh, that means that everybody needs to stop what they're doing, write us a review, and subscribe for future episodes. Yeah, I mean, it would really help us out a lot. It helps us kind of get to the, you know, new and noteworthy section, top of the charts, help us get new people new interesting and lovely film people on this podcast along with that you can follow us on instagram at fgi podcast and you can also check out more episodes and more information more bios and information for all of our speakers at fgipodcast.com this podcast was also recorded live in front of a studio audience and we flew everyone out on delta airlines no but um it was recorded live at Two Stories Media Studios, and it's presented by Greenland Entertainment and Two Stories Media.